Well, hello once again, and welcome to the Ascent Podcast. My name is Brian, and I'll be your guide as we continue to work our way towards self-excellence. Were you aware that 95% of the people actually have self-limiting beliefs? And this is according to some research done by Tony Robbins, who's a renowned coach and also author. And that's what his information has found in his work over the years, that 95% actually have limiting beliefs about themselves and their capabilities. What's interesting about that is, you know, a limiting belief is just your negative thoughts, um, ideas that may be holding you back personally that sometimes you might be aware of. Other times it could be happening subconsciously. And also Gallup did a poll, and Gallup being one of the world's largest research companies of 10,000 people. And in their surveys, they found that these are the top things that people have limiting beliefs around. Number one is that I'm not smart enough. Two, I'm not good enough. Three, I'm not capable enough. Four, I'm not worthy of success. And the one that uh, really surprises me says, I am not deserving of love. The good news is there's something we can do about it. And that's what we want to talk about today. There are ways that we can kind of challenge those limiting beliefs, figure out what the root causes of some of those beliefs are, and start to replace them with more positive, more productive beliefs. And that's what our session is going to be about today. So stick around. Let's get into it. Good morning, guys. How are everybody doing? Good to see you. Good morning. So let's jump into it. Um, I want to start talking about this because limiting beliefs is something I think most people don't realize that such a large percentage of the population, you know, is subject to that, having some type of personal belief or limitation in their own thought process as to what they're capable of or what they're deserving of. I think that's a very fascinating fact. So uh, I'm going to come to you first, Van, and then I'll come to Erica next, just to kind of tell what your thoughts are. Were you, are you surprised to hear that it's such a large percentage of people who have that? And also maybe why you think that is, that we suffer from having these types of limiting beliefs. So Vinny, what about you? What, what are your thoughts on that? Hey, Brian, I'm not surprised. When you think about the changes throughout history and the changes around culture, you think about most of our education system is built off of a, you know, basically a, a World War II industrial mentality. You think about the changes we've been seeing with, um, you know, the Great Resignation, for example, and this outcry for inclusivity. You know, for me personally, this uh, this is pretty important kind of subject that I've been going down. Um, I've actually really gone down the rabbit hole around better understanding Marcus Aurelius and his mm -hmm. book, Meditations. So for those of you who don't know, Marcus Aurelius is the Roman emperor who over 2,300 years ago, um, while he was emperor, was writing his journal, his, his uh, kind of an internal kind of self-reflections, hence the term meditations. And Emperor Marcus Aurelius on his deathbed told his advisors that, you know, once he passes to, to burn these, <clears throat> these books. But unfortunately, they did not do that. Unfortunately, people started reading and understanding how this individual of at the time, who was in so much power, was understanding how to be a better human, how to be a better you know, everything. And so the term stoicism came to be, and I've just been going down the whole stoic, stoic rabbit hole. And 
you know, I was, as I mentioned before, I was at Burning Man and I went to a camp called Camp Ganesh and they actually gave me a little stoic cheat sheet. So I'm not going to go into a lot of the details for you, but the one thing that I appreciate about stoicism is there's a, there's a popular theme quote where you can't control other people. What you can control is your own reaction to what they're doing to you or mm -hmm. with you. And so that's really where, you know, when we talk about limiting beliefs, when we talk about the, the self-sabotage that we seem to do to ourselves, the questioning of, of, you know, are we good enough or enough for success and love? That's, that's really where the root cause is, is this, you know, our upbringing when the people in our lives are telling us, oh, you know, to be careful or, you know, oh, you can't achieve this or stay in your lane or whatnot. That's, that's to me where, you know, this cultural shift is really evolving to. I'll pause there. Thanks for sharing that, man. You're absolutely right. And I think a lot of it does come from, you know, as we talked on a previous podcast, what culture within your family and, and those kinds of things that you were raised in or under, I think definitely impact that. Uh, Erica, what about you? What, what, what would you like to share as far as the, that percentage and was that a surprise to you? And what, why do you think that is? It's, that's not a surprise. That's not a surprise to me. I found that regardless of people's backgrounds or how much money they have or where they grew up, uh, who their parents were, that most people have um, an inner lack of confidence for whatever reason, whether it's what uh, their parents told them or what other people have told them. And some people just innately don't have that sense of confidence or self-love. Mm -hmm. And the out exterior external factors uh, impacts, impacts that. So regardless of who they are, I, I haven't met a person yet who doesn't have that challenge. I don't I haven't. Mm, that's interesting. So you think it's really just rooted in the human nature or would you say it's more of environment as to how they were raised? I think it, uh, it's both. I think it's both. I think people are born and they observe their environments and they figure out ways to survive. And so they're questioning themselves as to what is the best way for me to survive and why am I not doing better? What, what am I lacking? And I mm. think that maybe it's a survival instinct. And as we grow, I agree with me, as we grow a little older, um, it's beneficial for us to realize that it's not about what we lack as much as what are we willing to let go? Like, what beliefs are we willing to look at? Like, what does it benefit me? What does this lack of confidence benefit? What is this fear? What, what, what do I gain from this feeling? And a lot of times, you know, people just don't ask themselves the, those questions. Thank you for sharing that. Chris, what are your thoughts on it? Well, this is, a, this is kind of a hard one for me. Um, when I when I look at the, the subject matter that we're talking about today, you know, for me, I got to go all the way back to the beginning when I was a, you know, 
a young man knee-high to a, a cat. Um, the, and, and I think it starts with the family dynamic. Um, now, I grew up in a household where the women prim primarily ran the show, uh, which is not necessarily a bad thing. So I don't want to get I don't want to get off on that one. And like, you know, what are you doing? What are you saying? I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I, I, what I want to say is it it has its own share of limitations because and, and when I mean limitations, I mean in, in the messaging. So now. My mother, I think my mother, you know, I always have to look back if there's things that my mother did that I, I absolutely can't stand. And, and I, and it leaves me, it left me scratching my head in a lot of instances. Um, but I also have to remind myself that my mother, for whatever the reason being, uh, fell into that single mother trying to raise, trying to raise, um, an only child and what those challenges were because of the fact that she had me so young and she was trying to figure out who she was in the same time she was trying to raise this, this being, this entity, this ball is a uh, force of nature. Cause I was somewhat of a force of nature as a, as a, as a young boy, you know, you're curious. I mean, you're, for one, I'm a boy for two, I'm, you know, all, most boys are curious. Um, and, and, you know, I'm, you know, if you didn't keep me kind of corralled in and I was, you know, I wasn't a bad kid, but you know, you have propensities to run amok a little bit. You know what I mean? And it was, I, I always say, uh, I suffer from the, uh, the, you tell me to go left, I'm going to automatically go right rule. So those type of things. And then the other thing was there, there was a couple more components for me as, as I, and, and I've, this is me looking at this recently is that I came to a conclusion that I didn't get enough discipline. I mean, some kids like, ah, you get too much. I actually think I didn't get enough of it. I don't think that I was, I was called out on my stuff enough. You know, it was like, you know, you get caught on something and you, and it's like, okay, you did that and blah, blah, blah. And, and I never got a chance to talk it through. And I think that's the, the thing that really had, I had problems with is just that, that, that dynamic, that banter back and forth uh, between parent and offspring. Um, so I, I don't think I benefit from it. I actually think in some ways it's, it's limited and hindered some of my growth. Now, I've been fighting that uphill battle for a considerable amount of time. But the first thing is actually recognize that you, you know, you fall into that category. And then the next thing is, well, what do we do about it? Right. Right. So Absolutely. this is the age old question. I wake up to this question and answer session fairly most, a lot of days, more often than not. Um, and some days, I do really, really well with it. And some days I suck with it, you know, so, um, but I am at this point in my life, so committed to trying to be that better, per that better person. Cause I know that better person is in me. I know he's there. So that's part. So whatever, whatever belief system I was handed, it definitely is in, you know, it, it's in a manner that I know there is better for me as a human being and it's up to me to, to, to try to figure out how to get to it. 
Absolutely. Chris, thanks for sharing that. And I want to I want to jump in there, too, because some people may be asking or wanting kind of a, a better definition of clarification on what a limiting belief might be. And Chris, you touched on something there talking about uh, the family dynamic and, you know, how you were raised and what that internal culture of might have been within your you know, your family unit, et cetera. And like you, I was also an only child. So a limiting belief for me that took me a long time to understand was uh, being an only child, I didn't have to compete for time and for attention and for those type things. So in one way, that might have been a good thing. But I think the, the shortfall, uh, the shortcoming that came out of that was as I got older, um, that not wanting to compete kind of put me in a, a place where I didn't have a voice because I never had to compete for time or state my opinions and all of those type things in an environment that was competitive with having siblings and that type thing. So all the way, I would say even through my 20s, I really was in a limiting belief that I didn't have a voice. What I had to share or to say didn't really have any value. And that just, I think, grew out of that family environment that I, that I grew up in. In my 30s, I kind of realized that, you know, um, I did have something to, to share and to say, but here's what's interesting. As I reflect back on that and I started to quote unquote, express my voice and, and say the things that I had to, to say, I would only most times say it from a factual standpoint. So I would express fact-based things. I still wasn't comfortable enough to believe that my opinion, my personal opinion on things mattered and it really probably was when I once I got maybe to my 40s where I started to realize you know what I have a voice I have an opinion I have a platform I have things that I want to share or say or put out into the universe and I'm entitled to do that so it took decades to get past something that I think really was instilled as a young person and Chris we were talking kind of before we started this that old saying especially from grandparents and in, in our generation was you know children are to be seen and not heard. And that was one thing that we used to hear a lot of growing up. So you kind of sat there in the corner and, and said nothing. Uh, so getting past that belief uh, has taken a lot of work and a lot of time for me. Uh, can anyone else relate to, you know, having that or a story or something that they might want to share from a, a limiting belief standpoint? Vince? Yeah. You know, it's interesting as you, as you both were talking, I was thinking about you know, how I'm raising my kids and the words I use. And, you know, sometimes, especially when you think about this limiting belief or this not enough or this more negativity. And in my book, I view that as kind of fear-based. So it's the fear of or, or not wanting to fail. And that's really what all this kind of comes down to is that we're afraid of failure. We're afraid of falling down. We're afraid of being viewed as someone who hasn't been accomplished anything. And that's just not right in my book. You know, when we think about the greatest times where we have that support network and that structure and that, you know, who's got our back. And we think about the words that we want to hear, you know, it's like, you can do this, you got this. You know, that's, that's to me where the cultural change, of course, happens with you inside first and your subconscious. And that's, 
it, decades, maybe even a lifetime, maybe future lifetimes. I don't know. But, you know, someone told me this recently where, and I can reflect this as a parent as well, where you've got the little kid who's holding the glass thing. And, and I, I'm definitely someone who's done this where it's like, oh, don't drop that. Don't drop that. So you're always thinking about, you know, the worst case scenario or what will happen versus saying, you know, hold on tight. So how do you, how do you flip the narrative to be more of a positive of what you want to do? And then as a parent, the, the story was, you know, when you say, oh, don't drop this, of course they're going to drop it because that's where it's going. Or, you know, if you hold on to that negative side of things, it always ends up that way. You know, you manifest what you don't want. Or the flip side of it, too, is you see yourself in others. You see the things you don't like in others, and that's why it irks you. 100%. Chris, uh, you wanted to, you had something to add on top of that? Yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I one of the things I when I heard what I just heard from you, Vinny, was you, you talking about the fear of failure. I'm going to I want to do you one better. And this is what I this is what I primarily suffer through. The fear of success. Mm -hmm. I know how to fail. I mean, I'm an entrepreneur. I've been, you know, running around the entrepreneurial world for the last two dec two plus two plus decades. And obviously you've fallen down, you know, in, 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 with you in that or just any arena, you're going to fall down and usually is, are you going to get back up? Now, my challenge has been over, over that I've, re that I've recognized over this last decade is it's not the fear of failure. It's the fear of succeeding because, it, and then that kind of bleeds into almost, and I don't want to go back, but it kind of feeds into the imposter syndrome. You know, my fear, I'm fearing that I'll, the fear of succession will, will expose me as being less than what I portray. Now, that doesn't mean I'm a fraud. It doesn't even believe, it, it, I don't even want you to think that I think I'm a fraud or anything there because I actually believe I'm very genuine. And that's, and that's what I hang my hat on is my, my ability to be genuine uh, pretty much all the time. But I get caught up. I'm getting caught up right now. Um, I've got a couple of projects I'm working on. Actually, I'm working on projects with you and with Vinny and Brian. We've got some things we're working on. And I'm freaked out. Right? I get a little freaked out every once in a while about, uh, you know, being good enough, being smart enough, being deserving of the opportunity and or the rewards from that opportunity is where I'm getting hung up. And it's, and it's right now because, well, here's the thing. Some of the stuff that is, that's being worked on, um, I actually think that there is a high probability of achievement. And that's got me twisted up. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm like Dale, I'm like, I have to have these self-reinforcing conversations with myself as well as the people that are surrounding me. And the thing that it's, uh, I don't want to go on a rant here, but the thing that, that I hang my hat on is that I got some good people around me who know me enough to allow me to be myself and allow me to share those insecurities and inadequacies and help to reinforce that I am good enough. But I don't think a lot of people as a whole think when they think failure, they think failure, failure, uh, uh, failure and success in the same thing. It's always uh, you, you're going to fail. You know, and so that's that that's kind of the, the deal for me. 
I'm I'm really wondering what's going to happen when we succeed at whatever it is that we're trying to do right now. What am I going to do when I get to this plateau? Chris, I got a follow up question to that because that's great. And fear of success is a lot of people don't realize how that plays into their lives a lot of the times. Um, would you say that the undercurrent to that is more about the new level of expectation that's placed because you're you essentially because you you succeed, you basically elevated your status and whatever realm that looks like. So that then puts you in a different space where maybe the expectations change. So is that where you think the fear is coming from or you think it's coming from somewhere else? Well, it's I, I think that is a huge part of it. I also think that it's it's in my mind because I've got these limiting beliefs that I think that there's a part of me that because, hey, I'll be honest, I haven't graduated from college. I, I mean, I've, I've been doing continuing learning forever. I, I consider myself a kind of a book smart person, but I literally think somebody's going to, you know, I'm going to get to this level. And then, I, well, for one, you, one thing is when you get to that level, you actually have to make, you know, that's where the work comes in. You have to maintain it. So, so it makes you more responsible. You know what I mean? I think the pressure's a little higher. And I think sometimes that, uh, that really is something that it, 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 if you get if you fo end up focusing on that, it starts to trip you up a little bit. That makes perfect sense. So because uh, I want to jump in there, too. And that's an interesting thing, because it I, I hear two pieces to that. There is, I think, a concern of judgment that's there. And then there sounds like there is a piece of am I deserving of for whatever the reasons are. And I think that's part of what we're talking about today is just with those limiting beliefs. Um, the first thing you have to really do is challenge them. You know, that's the, that, that's the term that they use to, to get over a limiting belief. You have to challenge it, meaning, is it true or not? What is it rooted in? And, if, and what is rooted in? Is it something that is just in your mind and, and it's not really a truth? Or is it really something concrete that is true, you know, that you're challenging that that particular uh, limiting belief? So those, that's kind of the way I think I would phrase that to you, Chris, is to really start to think about challenge those limitations and say, well, is that a truth or is it really just something that is between the six inches here? And I'm telling myself that that's what it is. Right. And, and, and kind of looking at it from that standpoint. Well, if you don't mind me chiming in again. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I honestly believe it's 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 in between my ears. It's, yeah. it, that's it. I'm the one that I have I have complete well I won't say I have complete charge of this situation, but I have I'm smart enough to know where it's coming from. It's between my ears. It started decades ago. I've been trying to get you know grow through it, rise above it. But it you know the, my new rallying cry right now is why not me. Why, 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 should, why am I any less deserving than the next man? I mean, things come and go, ideas come and go, um, but I'm, I'm really trying to reinforce myself today with why not me? Why, I, I deserve, you know, and you, you take the question out of it. I'm saying I deserve this. I deserve, I deserve to win just as much as the next person. 
No, that makes perfect sense. So I want to throw another question out to the group, and Eric, I'll come to you with this one first, because um, I, I think another way to look at it, we talked about challenging those limiting beliefs. That's one thing to, 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 to think about and to how rooted in truth is that limitation that you have and just trying to work your way through that. The other piece of it, I think, is value and understanding and starting to appreciate your value, how you value not only yourself, but what value you bring to whatever it may be, whether it's work, whether it's family, et cetera, et cetera. So Erica, from your chair and in your experiences, how have you had to you know, manage that, prove that, show that, and get comfortable with bringing and having that value and, and how that plays into your daily life? Well, that's taken a, honestly, that's taken a while for me. And I'm naturally an extrovert. And I think people would, looking at me, probably think that I've just had a, a wealth of confidence, right? Because of, um, I, I have loving parents and everything. But, even, you know, for me, even as an extrovert, it's really taken time to hone in on that. Um, questioning, like uh, Chris had shared, you know, am I smart enough or am I pretty enough? Am I nice enough? And really, it's taken you know, this is my fifth decade and I still have learned that I have to place my value on upon who created me and that God, when I was born, said that this is good, period. Not this is good, but, you know, it could be a little better. You know, it was like, this is good. And every day I have to lean upon that you know, because you're always going to have people that don't like you or say you could do this or that. I had a close friend on one of the videos. Um, I was like, hey, did you watch the video? He was like, yeah, but how come your face was a different color than your neck? <laughs> so I was like, oh, okay. So I ran out to the makeup counter. You know, there's, you know, and that was truly said out of love. That was not a, a man. He said it out of love. <laughs> your your face really should be the same color as your neck. <laughs> but you know, there's I have to daily base my value upon the belief that the creator knew exactly what he was doing. So that that's earlier when I said I've never met someone who didn't have a self-limiting belief. I, I honestly that that was the truth. I've never met someone who was 100% confident. I don't care how much money they have in the bank. I don't care what their titles are, where they work. I don't care. Every person that I've met has something that is a challenge to them to get over. And earlier we were talking about parenting. And I think as parents, it's important that our children know that we value them, we believe in them, but also it's important that they see us work through things. Like let 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 your kids see you practice, rehearse, ask them, you know, hey, would you listen to this segment? Would you, you know, hey, how is this outfit? Do you think that this will look okay? You know, what, and you know, your kids, once they become middle schoolers, they'll be happy to tell you, mm, that's not, I don't think you should be wearing that tie, dad, or that shoe, mm, that's don't know, that shoe doesn't go with that dress, mom, where are you going with that? You know, include them so that they can learn that we're not these totally invincible people that just always figure we can get it right. I, I know a couple of years ago, my daughter helped me put together an outfit. I had to go to an event. And then I got to the event 
And then I was in my car and I called her and I said, I, um, I'm a bit nervous. I'm nervous. And my daughter's an introvert. I'm an extrovert. So she thinks that I can just walk into a room and just do anything, right? Because introverts think extroverts have some something magical and we don't. <laughs> so I, I call her. I'm like, well, I'm, I'm nervous. She's like, mama, you got this, mommy. You got this. You can do this. You look great. You know, you practice. And I really needed, I needed to hear that. So I think as parents, it's important that our children know that we don't always have it 100% together, that we have to take time out, we practice, and we actually have to psych up ourselves to perform um, so that they know it's okay if they have to do it too, you know, but that's, you asked me about value and that's, that's what I've been doing to help myself get through things. Awesome. Thanks for sharing that. Vince, what about you? You know, it's it's so interesting hearing that comment about you asking your daughter for advice and support. And that's definitely something that I, I think about often with my kids, too. And, you know, especially since my oldest is, is an introvert as well. And the two boys are, are very kind of across the lines, both extroverts and introvert, too. And... You know, I thought a long time ago when when we when I was growing up, it was always about you know, oh, don't cry or don't show your feelings or feelings are, you know, less than or whatnot. And I, that that goes back to the cultural comment about you know, be a man or whatever. And and when you think about well, what has all of that culture provided today? Where, you know, based on the data, we're at this crazy, crazy level of mental health crises and depression and anxiety and suicidal thoughts, mm-hmm. and you know, I don't, I, 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 I'm a, I'm a huge data person. So when I, when I see this and I hear this and I look at, you know, ninety-five percent have living beliefs. They're all interconnected. So, you know, for us to be able to truly show our our kids you know what it's like to grow up and and live through this and allow them to figure stuff out and fail and that mental resiliency piece for me i think is the most important above all because we're not going to be there you know throughout their entire lives to hold their hand and be there and I never wanted to be a helicopter parent. That's for one thing, too, because I want them to go off. And that's part of the beauty of it. I think that's really the, you know, changing that that fear base into that challenge base. It's like, you know, how do you, how do you look at what can I learn from this experience? You know, what is it that is going to mold me and make me better? And, you know, if it doesn't kill you, it makes you stronger. So... You know, really changing that kind of like, okay, this sucks. Like, we're not gonna, we're not gonna lie about this. This is a sucky situation, but you know, we're gonna get through this. And and it goes back to you know, doing it where you're not alone is so much better. But but as you said, sharing your process, sharing your understanding, seeing your vulnerability. So. You know, for me, actually, especially around this thing, Brene Brown has been a huge, huge resource for me, um, you know, just to kind of understand. And she's a shame researcher. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Do you, have you guys have you guys watched or heard anything about Brene? 
Um, I've just seen a few of her interviews. I need to get her books. Yeah, do the do the TED Talk. It's so good. Okay, I'll check it out. Yeah, she is great. Uh, ben, I want to follow up with a question and kind of based on a conversation I was having with some friends last night. And we were all talking about our, our children and we we're all at age now where our children are adults. And we were kind of just reflecting on um, kind of a time and a place where we would intentionally uh, expose our children to different cultures, different ideas, take them to the opera, take them to the ballet, take them to the museums. And obviously when they were 10, no, go to the, right. Um, but it's always interesting that when they become 25, they reflect back and they talk so fondly about those experiences, right? So I, I wanna kind of hear your input, Vince, it's just to, you know, your boys and the age that they are now. And is that something that you as a parent are intentionally doing and pushing them into places that they probably don't wanna go, but long-term you think it's gonna be beneficial just for them to A, to experience some things. And, and also based on what we're talking about today, I think that will help them with their limiting beliefs just because of the experience and the exposure of it. What are your thoughts on that? You know, the, um, the kid's mom is really good at changing the narrative. And Lisa is able to, you know, instead of, instead of making this a chore, you know, how do you change it to like, oh my gosh, like, let me tell you about this. And a lot of this is, I, I've always believed this, is if you, if you talk to your kids like, you know, less than citizens, where it's this control function where you're saying, you got to do this, or, you know, do as I say, don't do as I do, all these things, then you raise them this culture of, you know, feeling like they can talk to others like this. Versus you talk, you, you speak to them as adults, you speak to them as, as your friend, you speak to them as someone who you just met from another country where they don't quite understand. There's a, there's a language component, there's a cultural component, there's a knowledge piece, and, and you help them understand this. And when you, when you have this level of, of like, oh, this is the most amazing thing, and you tell them stories about your own, and you tell them about how you at first thought it was you know, it's going to be terrible, but you found out it's going to be amazing. Like I, I, uh, I, I brought my middle child to this teacher appreciation for his school. And he, at first he was like, no, 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 I don't want to go. I'm like, oh, but we're going to make musu beads. And he loves musu beads. And he's like, oh, tell me more about that. You know, and we're going to do this. And you're going to, get to talk, you're going to hang out with your teachers. And he's like, oh, no, I don't want that. I'm like, well, you know, uh, but then afterwards, you know, I can see him and he's like, I'm so glad you took me and thank you for taking me. And I'm like wow thanks you know and he had the best time and he had enjoyed it and that level of community giving and service so you know i i'm still figuring out how to change my mentality you know where i'm trying to un untangle all the things that how i was raised and you know that's the thing about parenting we have to I think as a parent myself now i reflect back on how i was raised and i'm like okay you know yeah there's no, there's no, there's no like how to guide, you know. So it's, I have a lot more empathy for for parents out there that are first time, and yeah, it's it's not easy. It no, it's not easy, and you know, uh, Chris and I were talking earlier, and Erica, you have one daughter, right? So an only child. So yeah, we can but all I do really... laugh at um, I do laugh at people who have several children. And maybe there's a little age gap because by the time they get to that last one, it's like they're totally different people, parents. 
Yeah. Like they're just like they, all those old rules. They're like, oh, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> they yeah. get a totally different kind of parent by yeah. the time you get uh, to child five or six. Yeah. There's a a TV commercial like that. And every time I see it, I laugh because it shows like the first child and they're they're packing to go somewhere and they literally almost have a moving van full of stuff with all of the stuff for the kid. Then they show child number two and it's like a third of that. And then child number three, they've got one of those strap things for the kid and a bag this big and they hit the door and they've just learned through the process, you know, of how they manage it. So I, I wanted to bring that up because talking about Vinny and, and then the rest of us here, Chris and myself being only children and then Erica obviously only having the one daughter uh, and then Vin, Vince, you're in a different place. You have multiple children. From a parenting standpoint, especially when we talk about instilling beliefs and, and what the culture, each one of those personalities is a different personality. So how do you go about addressing that with your parenting style and what skills have you had to develop to be able to do that? Well, you know, I, I always joke, especially when you when you go past two kids and you hit that third one. You know, it's no longer, it's no longer man defense. You're doing zone. You're just trying to figure out how to keep by and whatnot. And um, I think parenting is probably one of the greatest self-reflection experiences one can ever attain. And, you know, all the quotes and whatnot are, are spot on. And no one can ever really understand it until you become a parent. So, you know, I, I, I believe that being and seeing the changes and the different personalities is obviously one of the greatest gifts because you can see yourselves in them based on your little, you know, how they do things, your little smirks, their little reactions. And, you know, again, they are modeling you, you as a parent are the first model for them. So you know, as Erica was mentioning, just being, be, you know, allowing them to see you and understand your thought process. And a lot of times, you know, you're just winging it. A lot of times you're trying to figure, you know, what's best or you're modeling someone else's. But, you know, it's, they're going to be their own person. And, and uh, that was one of the priorities for me too, is, is being around for the first five years because the data shows that, their values really get instilled in those first five years. So, and then from those values, now you've got the whole, you know, the programming side or the thinking side. So how they think about things, but that's also where you get a lot of your, you know, the, the, the fears and then, and then it expands out there. Yeah. Very, very, very true with the fears. Uh, just, I want to share a little bit of a story. I have, three kids, right? And they are born roughly five to six years apart. So 15 year period, when you look at it from that standpoint. And culturally, uh, I experienced the evolution of just how things are today. And when my daughter, who's the oldest, was born, it was the father waits in this room, the my wife goes and she's going through the whole birthing process. And the first time I see the baby is like the old TV shows through the glass, you know, like, oh, look, right? Uh, so my, my older son was born five or six years later. Um, they put me in the room. They did put me in some scrubs and this kind of thing. Right, at some point in this process, we're going to take you into the room. Right. So literally almost at the time of birth, they, they 
bring me in and blah, 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 et cetera, et cetera. And then my youngest son was born. It's like, okay, we're going to dress you up. You're going to get in here. And, you know, and it's like, I'm doing this and doing that and helping them breathe and feed nice chips. I mean, it was a whole different experience. I cut the umbilical cord, you know, I'm looking at the doctor, what the hell am I paying you for? I mean, you know, because I've been here doing all the work, but just such a different evolution of the experience. And I I wanted to bring it in from a, a beliefs and culture standpoint, because as a parent, I think it actually, even from that day one, gives you a different perspective and a different bond with the appreciation for what goes on for the mom having the baby. Because in the old days, men didn't know what that process was like because we didn't see it. We, you know, the glass and the, oh, the baby's here kind of thing, right? Totally different when you're in there with, with them for two hours and the pushing and the breathing and ice chips and everything else that has to go on. And, you know, um, so I think it, bond you and and gives you a whole different perspective so talking about the beliefs you may have and going back to especially if it's your first child am i good enough am i going to be a good dad am i you know so you have all those limiting beliefs that you you have to get past too so something i think about that experience of being there when it's all happening kind of alleviate some of that in some way. And if, if that's the best word I can say, it, and that's just based on my personal experience. Uh, but yeah, a very interesting journey as far as that goes. So let's transition a little bit, because I want to talk a little bit about, um, you know, obviously we have the limiting beliefs. And I, I brought up earlier about challenging them, because that's the that's what they say you really need to do to start to work your way to get past it. And so when I throw that out there, and Chris, I'll come to you first, and then we'll, we'll, we'll get to the rest of the folks there. If someone were to say, all right, you need to challenge your limiting beliefs, Chris, from your mindset, what would that look like? How would you go about challenging a limiting belief? What are, what are your thoughts on that? Well, I think one of the, the first things is um, it, it has to do with, I think we all have goals. I think we're at it. We're, we're definitely at an age where you should have, you should have formed some goals. Um, the thing that I always go back to in my mind is that, you know, the way society is set up, I think we're set up to be, we're set up to be negative. I mean, it, it's, it's just, it's just that simple. And the challenge for me is, is to turn that into, to turn my thinking into positive even down to the simplest things of responding to someone's question or query or advice. Um, I keep thinking of like, I've got a 30 something year old daughter and dealing with a 30 something year old daughter that you were estranged from for the better part of 10, 10 plus years. I've been trying to make up ground with her for the last 10 years uh, up and including trying to figure out how to communicate with her on a day in and day out basis and not necessarily be an authoritarian because that's that's the uh, the environment that I came out of. My mother was an authority. My grandmother was an authority. My grandfather was an authority. My auntie was an authority. So I had all these authority figures around me. And you, like you said, Brian, earlier about children should be seen and not heard. Well, I definitely came out of that, out of that time um, and dynamic. Uh, my opinion was was never asked. So that's how all my thinking has been formed is that I don't have an I don't really have an opinion to give and 
or or more importantly my opinion is is maybe not valuable or as valuable as i think it is so that's the challenge for me on on many fronts so what i've been working on over this last two because i say two years for me uh i've been working on just the you know trying to you know a first and foremost being self-aware about all these things that are around these these things these most emotions um these hurdles these challenges that are that are swirling around me on a daily basis um and changing how you respond because we're, we're 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 from our early age i think we're pre predisposed to respond a certain way and it typically starts out as something negative even though it's you can be asked about something positive we're going to literally seg you know we're going to literally shade over to the to the negative side of a response as opposed to finding a reinforcing response even though there's negativity um within that construct being able to, to lead in with the positive part of it hey let me give you let me give you something positive to chew on and then we can discuss the negative parts of it i don't i think we're wired the exact opposite we're going to give you the negative stuff first and if we're lucky we're going to get to the positive and i say and i underline if we're lucky because because you're typically your brain is it's it's going in the it's it's being pulled the, the opposite direction and that's you know my daily struggle when someone you know and i have these in-depth conversations and, and like i said i started out talking about my daughter she's a wonderful 30 mm -hmm. something but one little i won't call it a fun fact i left her mother because of our parenting styles mm. her mother wanted to keep her in the dark and i wanted to show her what the world was really about the good the bad and the ugly because i wanted her to know what 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 she was facing and her mother didn't want to do that. And we fought vehemently over that. And I, I, you know, I drew a line in the sand. I just had to, because I, because I knew what I had gone through as a young person and what I, what I strived for, what I needed, what I, what I ultimately really desired to have from the, the support that I desired to have from those parental figures over top of me that I didn't get. I'll, I have a story. I don't want to slow this thing down, but we get back to a little story time. I have a little story that'll tell you some, it'll really kind of hit home with what I experienced as a, as a teenager. Um, one of my options that I wasn't given until I stumbled upon it as, as a 30 something year old person. Got you. Well, Chris, it's interesting you brought that up because um, talking about, you know, parenting styles and how that could obviously play into limiting beliefs or uh, that piece. And then another thing you said was negativity. And that goes back to something I think uh, Vince mentioned earlier as well, uh, talking about uh, how sometimes we always immediately go to that side of, it's like you say, I'm going to go camping. And the first thing somebody says is, well, watch out for the mountain lions, not enjoy the stars. <laughs> you know, it, it's and it's just something that's simple, but that's what that's exactly what we're talking about is there is the response that's there comes from this place of the negative side versus the positive side of things, because going camping, the stars are amazing, right? Are there mountain lions? Possibly, yes, right? But why is it that we kind of always fall to that side of negativity? I, that piece, I don't know. Erica, Vince, you guys have any thoughts or comments uh, on any, uh, either of those things? Thanks. Sure. Well, for me, I um, 
when I find myself experiencing those uh, beliefs, what I end up having to do is uh, get a piece of paper and I have to write out what I believe and then I have to, or what I'm feeling. And then I have to write a list of the truth. Like what is true? Like what is true? A part of what am I, what am I feeling at that moment? What are the things I know are true? And then I really have to focus on that right side of the list until I come out of it. Because as optimistic as I am, and I um, I am a, a genuinely happy person, I've in my life had times of melancholy. Just some people call it anxiety, and sometimes it's anxiety, but I would just say melancholy would be uh, the accurate description of it. And when I'm feeling like that, I really do have to sit down and, and get something that's neutral. And for me, that's a piece of paper and a pen and just write down what is true. And what helps me get through it, in addition to that, is realizing how many people in books, particularly the Bible or other books that I've read, the characters that had experienced what I'm experiencing at that time and that they got through it. And then every story, you know, every great story, there appeared something to help them get through a person or a ring or there's something that helps them get through it. Right. And that's really what I have to do in those periods of time when I really feel, you know, what I'd always just describe as melancholy. I like that a lot. And your own journey um, one of the individuals that kind of has impacted my life is is this guy, Joseph Campbell, who essentially did all this research around mythologies around the globe and put it all together. This was back in the early 90s, I think. Um, and he, he has this great show on PBS back at the time called Hero of a Thousand Faces. Um, he also wrote a book called The Power of Myth. And... Uh, the show was with this guy, Bill Moyer, at Skywalker Ranch. And the reason why is that all this research that, that Joseph Campbell did influenced um, the creators of Star Wars. And it's looking at this journey. And, and that's what I hold on, you know, when, when I try to kind of change my beliefs and get out of that fear-based, failure-based culture is to say all the greatest you know, folks that we, we idolize, we think about, oh my gosh, you know, they all go through the highs and then the deep lows. And that's to me, I think it's the most greatest thing that I really like to hear more about. It's like, what was that point at the bottom? And then how do they come back up? And so I find myself asking a lot of folks, you know, in these, in these deep conversations, especially at Burning Man, of course, is, you know, tell me about stories of like, how you picked yourself back up. Like, what was that? Because now, you know, that's the, without that, without picking yourself back up, you know, the journey, the journey ends. And, and that's to me where that mind sh shift, the mindset, that perspective shift is, is the only way we're going to get through this, you know, and, and that's also where I would love it for, for more of us, you know, to not only you know, model that ourselves because that's what our kids are looking that's what the future generations the younger kids are looking at but also to hear stories from you know the what is it um in the next 20 years 
20 years, there will be over 2 billion individuals that are considered senior citizens. So because the baby boomers are retiring and there's never been a time where, you know, we have to really get that knowledge and those stories because they've lived through some pretty challenging times. No, that's, that's, a, that's a great point. And I want to touch on a couple of things you said, Vince, and also some things Erica was just saying, um, you know, talking about how she looks at it when she's challenging those beliefs, um, the fear, the feeling associated with it versus the truth and, and writing that out, I think is a key thing to do uh, because, you know, you, you know, the feeling that you have, and that goes back to uh, what Chris was saying earlier too, about, you know, he, the, just between his ears is where a lot of the challenge is. And that's where sometimes when you're, when you're dealing with those kind of challenges and you want to challenge those limiting beliefs, you have to listen to your instinct, your gut. What does it tell you, you know, from a feeling standpoint versus what's, processing up here and then learn to trust that piece of it too. And that's not an easy thing to do, but that's, that's, that's a big part of it. I think to be able to challenge where you are limited or why you're being limited and then uh, have confidence and faith, faith and trust in what the heart and what the gut is telling you versus those gears that are running in your brain, which a lot of the times are, not just fear-based, but the brain is doing the job that it's supposed to do, and that's to keep you safe, to keep you comfortable. That's its primary function, right? Uh, so getting beyond that and getting past that, I think, is, is a key component of it. Uh, so that being said, obviously, we, we want to kind of talk about um, how we've done that. We've done some of the work where we're, and, and the work never stops, because as we talked about earlier when we first started this, 90 plus percent of people have some type of limiting beliefs. As Erica said, she's never met someone in her opinion that does not have some, some kind of limiting belief. So there's always work to be done to continue to knock down those walls. Uh, so we've talked about challenging them, dealing with the feeling of it versus the truth and, and really focusing on what is true. But now let's talk about how do we then replace those beliefs? What can we do or what have you guys done for yourselves to push one out and then push something in there that's more positive, more supportive, and actually moving you in the right direction? Uh, Chris, I'll start with you and then we'll, we'll go with everyone else. But what have been some of your experiences or some of the things you've done? And I know, Chris, you've been working on this quite a bit the last few years to really reframe what's going on, uh, as you said, between your ears. Well, I think, I think the starting place is, I think at our, at our, and I'll, and I'll just use our age group. You have goals. I have goals. I think everybody on this panel has goals. So it starts with the goals. Um, it also, it also starts with your self-awareness of understanding that you have limiting beliefs. I, I've, I've understood this for, you know, for more time, more time than I can even count. Um, but setting those realistic goals um one of the things i lean into is the support factor and what i was thinking i had to i got a million thoughts running through my head about this right now uh, but one of the things i i've made it a point to is having the right support around me so the right people you know you're only you know there's two phrases 
you're only as good as you're only as good as uh, you're as good as what you eat and you're as good as the people you surround yourself with or are the are the expression is you are what you eat and you're only as good as the people you have surrounding you so i work on what i eat and who i have around me i don't have you know the days of you know there's always one or two people that are going to tell you whatever you want to hear because uh, they're, they're 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 always working their agenda every day uh, but a lot of the people i have around me uh i'm very fortunate i have two two of the people that are around me a lot is erica and, and brian you know these these are some of my pillar support you guys are my pillar support people you're you're a group of about five or six um that i know i can count on that we're uh, as Vinny likes to say we're accountability partners stuff like that i like people that challenge me every once in a while i don't want you to sit there and just agree with everything i say if there's something if there's a, a a nugget or a kernel of something you're like let me ask him about that i want you to ask me even though it makes me uncomfortable sometimes being questioned makes me uncomfortable but i have learned to use that as a tool to get better so I, in, in the past I would run for that. Are you are you automatically go defensive? I'm going to get defensive. I'm going to try to disprove what you what you've asked me about. Now, what it does is it evokes a conversation. You know, I want to have a conversation with because there's a part of me says, well, a I'm giving you I'm giving you the credit that you actually are on my level or you're listening to what I have to say, and and you'd like for me to do well. So typically the people I've got around me today, I know in my heart of hearts, they want me to do well on whatever level it is, but it has to start with a conversation. Um, what was I doing the other, there was something I was doing the other day and somebody questioned me and I, I got all, I, I had, I got, I had some anxious, mo I was having anxious moments, right? And I had to like take a deep breath and, and say, this is not, because the first thing we think of, this is a personal attack on me, right? They're attacking me. And then I was like, but no, 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 no. That's actually somebody that I actually trust. So you kind of have to remember I said earlier, we talk about we immediately go to the negative. So it's 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 ingrained. I mean, you literally have that ingrained in your brain to go negative. You know, all of a sudden, this person I thought was my ally is is attacking me. No, they're questioning you. No, they're trying to get some a little more deeper understanding as to what it is that you know makes you tick or or why you feel a, feel a certain way about a certain subject. So you got to pull all that stuff out of you. I'm going to say one more. Um, I'm very blessed to be to be able to be a part of this platform. I'll, I say that, Brian. We've we've talked about that off camera. Talked to Vinny about that off camera. I've never talked to you about that off camera, Eric, because I've never been off camera with you. But <laughs> but the reality is, I feel very blessed to get to be on this platform. And, I, and I'll, I'll let you in on a little secret. Whenever, whenever we, the topics come, you know, we start talking about, you know, doing a podcast um, and what the subject matter is, I immediately get hit with this anxiety because I'm back into um, getting in my own way, thinking I'm not good enough. Thinking, I, 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 the overarching is I think my opinion, nobody wants to hear my opinion. That's what ends up driving me in the wrong direction is I think, why would anybody want to listen to me? You know, I'm just one guy. I'm from Lincoln Heights, Ohio, you know, a little, little podunk town in Ohio. And why, what, why would anybody want to listen to what I was saying? 
I've actually broke it down to something that makes it very easy. It makes it easier for me to be able to, to get on this stage. I'm trying to, I'm trying to get one person to listen to me. That's, that's the goal I set to begin with. If I get one to five people to listen to me, I'm, it was a win-win all the way around. So it's, you know, it's not, you know, we're in a world of, what they call clicks and, and, and likes and subscribes and all that other kind of happy stuff, right? I just want one person to listen. I want to help one person who, who is like me, who suffers from the things, same things that I suffer from. I just want to, I want that one person, you, you can raise your hand and say, hey, I mean, not our group. That one person comes and say, hey, Chris, you help me out or not. But the reality is, in my mind, as long as I know that it's, you know, that's if that that's a, such an attainable goal for me, one person, one person, one day somebody rolled up on me and said, Chris, I've been listening to your, I've been listening to your podcast for the last year or whatever it is. And I want to tell you, I appreciate you. If that day comes, I'm winning. I'm telling you, I'm winning and, and, and mission accomplished. And I'll use that as fuel to, to take me forward. 100%. Erica, what about you? Uh, Chris, thanks for sharing that. What, what have you had to do to, as we said, get out of your own way, get over yourself and really push yourself forward with some of your limiting beliefs? Sure, sure. Well, first I want to uh, respond to what Chris was saying, because let me tell you, I have friends that watch this video, watch our videos, and they share with me, well, yeah, I really can relate to what Chris is saying. Like, I'm like, I want to say, hey, what about me? <laughs> but they are telling me, that, you know, they've watched them and they say that they really appreciate what you've shared, Chris, because there's so many people who really feel exactly how you how you feel. And they're grateful that you're sharing that because they, they're not expressing it out loud. But when they hear you say it, it really hits home for them. Yeah. And um, and they sincerely appreciate it. They really do. Um and then for me, yeah, so you've been a real blessing to a lot of the people I know uh, here in, in Texas. Um, so thank you for that. Uh, so and then for me, uh, what I do to kind of challenge that, really, I have to sometimes take that time out just by myself. I really do. And then this might seem sound very basic to you all, but I have to make flashcards. And I make, and I sometimes will buy, buy, pre-made cards, affirmation cards, but I'll, I'll read them and I have them in my purse. And sometimes I will be in the car. Sometimes, some days I might have them in my briefcase. I might pull them out at the courthouse and I'll read them. And it's the things that are the truth. So I'll just repeat it to myself. You know, like when your kids, your child and your mom or your dad might've made you a flashcard to learn, you know, multiplication or learn addition or learn your alphabet. That's what I do. I write down what is true. I write down uh, things that are positive and then I'll pull them out and I'll read them to myself, just like I'm learning. And it's what you feed your mind and you repeat that to yourself repetitively that starts sinking into your head and then it goes down into your spirit until you start feeling it. A lot of what we feed ourselves is what we start acting on. And if we feed if we feed ourselves positive things, then our natural reaction will be to have that positive reaction based upon what we've fed into our subconscious. Um, that's 
that's what I do that I found really helpful. The other thing that I've done is prayer. Um, some people may call it meditation. Some people may call it a whole bunch of other things, but really just taking that time out and being quiet. There's a type of prayer that people call centering prayer. In, in centering prayer, you go somewhere and it's totally quiet. You don't have on music. You don't, you're not, you sit there and quiet and you allow yourself to be still. To start it off, it can be very hard because it's hard to train the mind to be silent. But you sit and start it off two minutes, start it off three minutes, five minutes. And then in time, people progress it to 15 and then they progress it to 30. And it's amazing how calming it is to sit still. And you have to make an appointment with yourself to do that. And you have to hold everybody in your household accountable to know that you are not to be disturbed during that time. That's your time. And, and that helps to calm uh, the spirit. And like I said before, I've, I have also suffered, uh, suffered or experienced, it's another phrase, I guess, melancholy or uh, in periods of time, anxiety. And that, besides breathing techniques, that's a way to kind of calm yourself before your day even starts or to calm yourself when your day is about to end. And it's about being in quiet so that you can you can calm what's going on right here. So those are a few things that I do to help challenge, uh, the, uh, help challenge and to control those types of negative thoughts. Excellent, thanks for sharing that. And I wanna chime in there and then Vinny, I'm gonna come to you. Um, so a couple of things I heard, Erica, that are, that are very powerful uh, as far as getting over your limiting beliefs. Uh, and the, the last piece about getting centered or recentering yourself with a prayer or some med call it meditation prayer, but uh, whatever works for you and, and your belief system. But that is, I think, a critical piece to, to have that time to yourself to really do that and, and, and get recentered. And then the other part, we talked about the flashcards and, and, and different things like that. Um, what's really powerful about that for me, especially the ones where you write for yourself, that is kind of, uh, you, you, you have to be aware enough, first of all, to think through what's gonna be written on the card. So that you, there, so there's a process that you're going through from an awareness standpoint to A, write the card out, and then B, the reinforcement that you have of that as you read that card again, and then read that card again, and then read that card again. So you're really training yourself and teaching yourself uh, a new belief and, and pushing one out and moving in the new one. And I, I think that's a very, very powerful tool. You know, it's interesting you say flashcards and it's, it's elementary, but it's a very, very powerful tool. And I, I really do appreciate that. So events with, with your thoughts, uh, what do you have to share as far as that goes? You know, I, I resonate really well with what Eric and Chris were saying. And, and as you're saying the flashcards, you know, really that, that quote to think it, to believe it, to become it. And, you know, if we surround ourselves, do you guys have friends who are, or have you met folks that are kind of uh, energy vampires? <laughs> you know, energy vampires, <laughs> and uh, you just like you 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 hang out with them, and you're just like, whoa! You just feel exhausted, and you feel irritated and angry and whatnot. And you know, there's it's definitely something where 
uh, at least today, you know, I, I try to change my mindset and uh, I'm still working on it, but you know, if you can, if you can handle an energy vampire and you can, you can kind of shift, it's like this Japanese Aikido move where you kind of take that negative energy and change it away and have empathy for the individual and, and whatnot. But uh, I'm still working on that one. But, you know, going back to my first comment as we opened about, you know, how to deal with things like this, I've got my little start cheat sheet. And of course, you know, we talked about this, when you have these thoughts of, of negativity, you know, you, the first thing is awareness, you know, okay, so your mindset is changing. So recognizing that is the first step, of course, and that's like 95% of it. And then it, it says, you know, what is making you feel this way? You know, and, and not and not to the degree of like trying to figure out, like, let's get to the, the, the root cause, whatnot, but it's just almost like, okay, just sitting with it, you know, being okay with it, that's totally fine. And, and then you know, trying to see what's actually underlying issues. Because I would say in my experience, majority of the times that I'm getting triggered, it's not what's happening. It's it's maybe something that is totally, you know, indirectly connected, or it's a it's a childhood trauma that we have, you know, and then, you know, a lot of it is like, you know, is it because of how you feel others are viewing you, how they see you? You know, is it um that they, you know, going back to the imposter syndrome mention that Chris said, you know, or the flip side of it is this how you see yourself, where you're not, um, you have to maintain that level of, uh, you know, and, and then I would say a lot of times those issues are, I find, control-based, you know, those anger, those challenges, those whatever, it's either I'm trying to control or someone's trying to control me, so I'm still learning. It's funny because all the great sages have always talked about meditation and, and prayer and whatnot. And I'm like, I need to do more of that. And I always acknowledge it, but it's just always like, ah. Yeah, I agree with you on that 100%. So let's let's bring this to a close. I'm going to kind of get to what I'm going to call final thoughts. And from a final thought standpoint, I'll have each one of us kind of share with our audience the one thing that you would want them to take away that you think would be of value to really help them work their way through this journey of replacing some of those limiting beliefs with more positivity, uh, something that's definitely a truth and not just a feeling or something that they feel has been placed on them by someone else to really help them down that road from the journey. So uh, I'll come to you first, Erica, and then we'll have Chris uh, share his, and then Vinny and I'll, uh, I'll wrap this up for today. Sure. Believe in what is true. They'll, you'll have a lot of thoughts that rush through your head. And if you notice, they kind of come and they're based upon making you afraid because deep down inside, you actually know that you're good. You know that you're valuable, but someone, something in the universe is sending those negative things into your brain just to keep you distracted from what your real purpose in the universe is. So don't give power to something that's coming in to try to destroy you when you know when you were born, when you were created, you were made for a particular reason. And as long as you can say to that negative, hey, you can't touch this, you'll be able to fulfill your destiny. But it, you're the one that has the power to make that decision. 
nobody else can make that decision for you. Excellent. Thank you for sharing that, Erica. Chris, what about you? Well, I, 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 like I said, I, one of the things when we came into this was I, I think I led in with, with having goals. Um, we're, I don't know how to describe it. We're all at that age where I'm actually thinking about retirement, you know what I mean? Which is something that I never thought about before, but over this last three to six months, I've been starting to think about what, you know, what do I want when I get to that, to that level? And I'm starting to figure it out. And it actually is, is, I won't say it's making it easier for me, but because I'm starting to form the, the belief and I'm starting to be able to see what it is that I want in, 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 the, in, in that next, that next life, that next piece of my life. Um, it's easier to, to really form my actions around those goals. So the, 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 the challenge is, is, which is one of my Achilles is, is I think everybody's judging me every day I go out into the street. So when I, so when I encounter new people or even the people that I deal with, I, I, in the back of my mind, that, that no negativity saying, well, so what do they really think about me? Um, and that's not fair to me. And it's definitely not fair to the people that have supported me, but unfortunately that's, that's the dynamic. And that's the dynamic that I'm trying to put the rest every day. Um, like I said, I, I mentioned that earlier, up and including when we do these podcasts, I'm wondering, am I, you know, I'm in, I'm in, I, for first and foremost, I, I'm in lofty company. So the people that I'm with are absolutely magnificently wonderful people that have a lot of knowledge and a lot of wisdom and a lot of caring. The other part of it is a lot, I feel a lot of caring and love in this room with you folks. Um, so using that as fuel to move forward is what I try to do every day, trying to reinforce that. You know, I keep thinking about, uh, you, know, I, you know, we've talked about my, my swimming, you know, I'm the swimmer. You know, I don't know what you guys call me behind closed doors, but the swimming thing, I've thought about this. So I, I go Tuesday, Tuesday, Thursday, Sunday. And so Thursday was a really, it's been a weird, it was a weird week for me. I've been having some, some mental and emotional challenges about, you know, my insecurities. And I really didn't, I, part of me did not want to go swim on Thursday, but part of me knew that I needed to go swim. So it was, it was forcing myself out the door into that process. Cause it's a pro, you know, it's a process. It's an act, it's an activity with a process. So getting out there and then ultimately getting into the water. The, now the beauty, one of the beauties of swimming is I don't carry my phone. So there's about an hour where nobody can get a hold of me unless you come out into the water, unless you come and find me in the water, you can't get a hold of me. And I'm actually growing to like that, that I'm, a, that I'm, this is the one way I get to purposefully unplug. And I think a lot of people need to purposefully unplug. Yes, we're all busy. Yes, we got stuff we're trying to do. Yes, we're trying to get to those, you know, get to those levels that we want to get to. But I am I am starting to place such an importance on that unplug because it allows me to recenter, refocus, and get my, you know, get some of my thoughts together. Um, you know, I you talk, Erica, you're talking about praying and meditation. But when I'm out in the water, I, you know, it's the church of the reef. That's what I call it. So I'm out there praying. And like I said, my biggest thing is. When I'm, especially if I'm having a bad, uh, quote unquote, bad day, 
I just want to see a turtle. That's all I want. That's that's the. Uh, can I see a turtle? Uh, I haven't been in the droves out there lately, but I I saw my tur. I've seen my turtle every time I've gone out, and it's just to have that experience. I, I, you know, I'm gonna guess everybody's been in the water and seen a turtle before, but to see that in nature, it's it's priceless. It's priceless for me. You know, my I my my energy levels rise about 20% after I do that swim. And if I'm so fortunate to see a turtle, I'm like mission accomplished. Thank you, Lord. I always look up, I'm like, thank you, Lord. So just trying to find things that you can attach yourself to that are going to further your journey in life is what people should, I think some people should try to focus on. Excellent. Thank you for sharing that story, Chris. Uh, Vince, what about you? What, what would you like to share with our folks kind of as a takeaway? Yeah, just know you're not alone. Clearly, all of us have had these experiences and we will always continue to. So just, you know, reaching out, finding that community. There's a lot of great groups out there. And, you know, you, you got to be a little vulnerable and put yourself out there. But the great thing about this is that you know, it, it always does work out. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So for me, uh, I want to share a little bit of a story and you just use the word uh, vulnerable. Uh, in my teens, definitely into my 20s, um, I was that person to, you know, talk about even photography. I never wanted to be in front of a camera. I didn't want to be in a picture. Uh, just one of those places I was not comfortable. And so talking about getting past a limiting belief and considering what I'm sitting here doing right now, that's been a, a lifelong lesson of, as you say, you have to look at the truths of it and say, you know, is it what, why am I afraid to do this or to do that? What, where's that fear coming from? And sometimes the only way you can actually get past it is to actually just go straight at it. Right. And, 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 just take that challenge head on and and put yourself literally in a, a place of discomfort. So getting in front of the camera, me sitting here now, uh, having this conversation, speaking into this camera, talk to the world, literally, as we talk about with the internet, uh, is something that, you know, 20 years ago, just probably wasn't gonna happen. Just only because of the discomfort and how my beliefs of not thinking that Either what I had to, to share was valuable or not, you know, how was I going to be judged in doing so, et cetera, et cetera. So just, just do it. As the brand out there says, just do it. And uh, not only just do it, but learn or start to focus on the not caring piece of it, meaning don't care what others say, don't care what they think. Because uh, as Vince talked about earlier when we kind of started this, what do you have control over? You have control over your action or what I term your input to the thing. The output on the other side of it, you actually don't have any control over. So focus on your input, the effort you put in, and I think that's going to make the, the, the greatest difference. Just focus on that. Let that be what pushes you forward is, is focusing on that piece of it. And don't worry so much about the output and the judgment and other people's thoughts and concerns and whatever else that they may have, because you can't control where that's going to play out anyway. 
to use that energy wisely and uh, put it, I think, where it really is going to make the greatest difference. So that's all we have for today. This was great. Thanks, everyone, for sharing your stories and, and kind of talking about, you know, your own personal limiting beliefs and the, the steps we've taken to, to get over some. And do we still have some? Yeah, probably so. So the, the, the battle goes on. And uh, as we're raising kids and grandkids and whatever else happens, we'll have to help guide them as well. Uh, through the process of getting past limiting beliefs, because as we started this whole thing today, 95% of people have them. So it's a common thing. It's a common thread I think we share, but we need to continue to support and help and guide each other as, as best we can toward the positive and, and, and moving forward. So thank you guys for today. I really appreciate it. And until next time, uh, everyone, Chris, you got something you want to wrap up with? Yeah, I just want to add in one last thing. I thought of this is, uh, uh, and the, the other thing is, we all have we all have our share of challenges when it comes to uh, traveling through our travels in life. Um, but the one thing I always want to, I want to, the thing that I work on is, there are always going to be missteps along the way in your travels and how you deal with people and the, the you know the whole nine yards. Be authentic. Be be convicted in that authenticity. Be convicted to who you are and what you're about. The goodness will come through. I mean, like I said, you're, you're going to make missteps. You're going to make you're going to misspeak. You know, you, you you can't do everything the way sometimes people thinking you should do it. But I always believe that if you know if you're if like I said if if if, if the agenda is clean. If you're if you're you're steeped in truth and authentic authenticity, then all the rest of the stuff will that's what will shine through. Hmm. Everything else will fall to the wayside. You know, even that you know, if I said something wrong here today, it's like, oh, he said that, and people disagreed with me. But I think at the end of it, if you look at the the, the body of work, that that guy's authentic here. He's yeah. he's speaking from the heart. I always speak from the heart. I, I know that gets me in trouble every once in a while. <laughs> But that's who I am. Love it or like it or, or, or dislike it. That's who I am. And most of the people, most of my friends know that about me, that I'm authentic. But that doesn't mean I'm going to always say the right thing. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Chris, thanks for sharing that. Authenticity is a very, very important piece of it. And being authentic with yourself and the self-awareness of all of that is also very important. Everyone enjoy the rest of your weekend. Get out, enjoy. Uh, for our audience out there, take care. Take care of each other. We'll see you soon. Bye now. <laughs>